You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray and let's kick this puppy off. All right. Well, Father, thank you for yet another podcast episode. Thank you for this series, Father. Thank you for just the truth that sets us free, that, Father, we are more powerful than we've imagined because we've been created in your image. We've been recreated in Christ. And I thank you, Father, that because of that, we are creative by nature. Thank you, Father, for teaching us the principles that our thoughts matter and that it is possible for us to live from a place of dominion over the material realm, over the seen realm, Father, as we meditate on the truth of who we are in Christ and we meditate on the truth of what belongs to us in Christ, Father. Thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit is within us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the home of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we have the grace that we need in order to live a powerful life and have powerful thoughts and renew our minds, Father, through the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we just are excited. We're excited to see where you're going to take us today. We're excited to hear what you're going to speak to us today. And so I just say, think through my mind, speak through my mouth. I just yield as a living sacrifice. And I just give you freedom to go where you want to go today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We are chugging right along here in this series, Are You In Your Right Mind? I have really enjoyed where we've been going in this series. And so I encourage you, if you haven't listened to part one and part two, definitely do that. There's some great uh, nuggets in there for you. There's some really powerful revelation that we've been sharing And so today we're just going to continue that journey into uh, the process of reclaiming our mind and getting in our right mind, staying in our right mind. In other words, by learning how to be spiritually minded. Our foundation scripture for this series has been coming out of Romans chapter 8. So I'm going to kick it off once again by reading Romans chapter 8. And I'm reading this morning in the NIV translation, and I'm going to start in verse 6. I really like the way the NIV translates this particular verse. It says this. It says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, it says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, though, it says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. So I'm just going to stop there. I'm going to go back to verse 6 here. It says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Okay, I want to go one other place this morning, and I want to go over to Romans chapter 12, Uh, verse number two. This is a very powerful truth uh, that's contained in this scripture. I feel like I I just sit in this scripture a lot. It, It says this in the NIV translation. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
And so Romans 12, 2 and the scriptures that we that we read in um, Romans 8 are talking about this concept of having a mind that is governed by the spirit. And Romans 12, 2 is talking about this this thing called mind renewal. And the Apostle Paul here is saying, don't think like the world. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. It says be transformed. Another, you know, better way of saying that would be be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. The word the, the word translated transformed in Romans 12, 2 is the word that is also translated other places in the New Testament as transfiguration. So transformation is how they say it in Romans 12, 2 here. But I just want to kind of get your thoughts around this idea that to be spiritually minded means that we are thinking with the mind of Christ. It means that we have a mind that has is, is being renewed by the grace of God, by the power of God, and in the process of thinking the way that God thinks and thinking with the mind of Christ, what happens is that we are we are transformed when we do this, when we renew our minds and when we think with the mind of God, we are transfigured. And the powerful thing about this is that the the thoughts that we think have the ability to literally reveal our identity in Christ, to release our identity in Christ, to make visible in the natural realm what is true about us in the invisible realm. You know, transformation in the context of mind renewal is not about becoming something that you're not. Okay, it's not like we're 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 renewing our minds and here we are in this old, you know, old person, this old nature, and then we renew our minds and we become this new creature, this new thing. No, this is about already being a new thing. And simply as we renew our minds, what is true about us in the spirit, what is true about us in Christ actually begins to be revealed. It begins to be revealed to the seen realm. And so I want to kind of kick off today's episode chatting about the power, what it really, what happens when we are spiritually minded. Okay, not only do we have life and peace, which is what it says in uh, Romans chapter eight, but we are transformed. We are transfigured when we think in agreement with God's thoughts. And one of the things that I really want to point out today is that over the course of our lives, we have been programmed with the pattern of this world. We have been programmed into a wrong identity. We have been programmed into a lie, really, that says that we are separated from God. The illusion of separation from God is the master deception that, that has to be renewed, that has to shift in our lives if we are going to be transfigured, if we are going to be transformed, if we are going to experience life and peace. And this lie, you've heard me talk about it a lot. I talk about it, I mean, it feels like in every broadcast, in every single episode, I'm I'm hounding you guys with the truth that you are one with God, that you are uh, living in union with God. And I talk about scriptures over and over again, right? That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that Christ in you is the hope of glory, that you've been joined to the Lord and you are one, one spirit with him. 
that abiding in the vine, abiding in Christ is what, uh, where life is found as a new creation in Christ. I talk about putting on Christ. I talk about the fact that our lives are hidden in Christ. I talk about the, the co-identification in Christ that we must absolutely renew our minds to if we're going to experience the, the truth of the gospel, if we're going to operate from a place of the, the fruit of the spirit, have life and have peace and begin to manifest the reality of the new creation and enjoy our inheritance in Christ. So this, this process of mind renewal, this, this being set free from the illusion of separation is the master truth that we are, we are, we are meditating on. We are reprogramming our minds to believe. We are literally transfiguring our identity when we come into agreement with the reality that we are now one with God. And the reason why this is such, you know, the master truth or the master key here is because it is the gospel. It is the gospel. The gospel is the pronouncement that you were co-crucified with Christ, that you were co-buried, that you were co-resurrected, that you co-ascended, and that you now are sitting in heavenly places in Christ. It's the announcement that you are a joint heir with Jesus, that all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon you as a loved gift from the heavenly father because he sees you wrapped in Christ. Okay, so this way of seeing yourself is the master truth. It is the truth that when we know it, when we get it assimilated into our thinking and we begin to really believe it, especially at a subconscious level, there is a freedom that is released in our life. There is a, an experience of ourselves and an experience of the world that is dramatically different. It's completely different. It's revolutionary, you guys than when we are living under the master lie or the big lie of the deception of separation from God. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about today, about this master lie and how it shows up in our lives and why it is so important that we uh, not just be spiritually minded in the sense of we're just setting our things on, you know, things above. We're just setting our things on, uh, heavenly, you know, what's going on in heaven and things that are going on in the unseen realm. We're not just, you know, having prophetic experiences with angels or visiting throne room or worship and all of those things. I mean, while those things are very, very powerful, the truth is, is that it's not the most powerful thing. The most powerful thing is the gospel. Uh, in Romans chapter one, the apostle Paul goes so far to say that the gospel is the power of salvation. It is the power of the Greek word for salvation in that verse is the power of sozo. And sozo in the Greek doesn't just mean deliverance from sin or forgiveness from sins. It means uh, absolutely prospering. It means, you know, living from a place of wholeness. It means uh, delivered from the power of darkness, yes, and from the power of sin. But it is it is this word of completeness, this word of 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 nothing missing, nothing is broken, that you are completely whole through, why? Your union with Jesus. And so this lie of separation from God permeates our culture. It permeates um, our church cultures. It permeates 
our theology. It permeates our life experiences. And when when Romans 12 talks about not being conformed to the pattern of this world, you have to realize that the pattern of this world is built upon the lie that, that human beings are separated from God. And what the way that that shows up in our life, I mean, it shows up in a lot of ways, okay? The, the most, I don't know, obvious way is in the way that we relate to God, right? It, it causes us to relate from a place of distance from God. It causes us to operate under the illusion that, you know, God is somewhere out there in the spirit realm, you know, up in heaven. And, you know, it causes us to live down here in this natural world, in this material world, and really operate from a place of disconnection rather than recognizing that we are actually in heavenly places right now, that we are seated in Christ right this very minute, and that we have access to all that Jesus is right now. And not only that, but not only are we seated in heavenly places, but Jesus is actually living inside of us right now. And so Jesus is here in the material realm inside of us, and we are alive in the spirit realm right now inside of him. And because we don't maybe think about it that way from a default way of believing, from a default way of thinking, it absolutely affects our relationship with God. And it affects everything that we do as Christians. It affects the position that we pray from. It affects the position that we receive from. It, it, it affects every Christian discipline that you can imagine. It, it, it affects the way that we worship God. It affects the way that we uh, interpret the Bible. It, it affects the way that we relate to other people because we see them separated from God too. And it, to varying degrees, depending if they know Jesus yet or don't know Jesus yet, we have kind of like, you know, separated but loved and separated but, you know, condemned kind of view of other people. And it affects the way that we do Christian disciplines. It affects the way that we give. We end up performing. We end up uh, trying to operate in things out of a place of trying to get something from God or trying to please God, right? We feel guilty when we don't perform up to, up to standard, up to par, right? When we aren't reading our Bible enough and when we aren't, you know, uh, sowing and reaping enough and we aren't, maybe we are, we're not going to church at the moment or something. And we just, we start to have all of these con, this, the, these feelings of condemnation and guilt because we can't measure up. We can't, we can't be good enough to actually receive things from God. And we just get in this performance cycle because of this illusion of separation. And so when you step into that place of really grabbing that you are one with God, it completely changes the way that you operate in your relationship with God. You no longer are striving. You no longer are trying to do something to uh, experience God. You simply shift into a place where you realize that you've already got it, that there's nothing that you did besides believe it to receive it. 
and that it is now a perpetual reality that you live out of. You recognize that it is a gift, that your union with Jesus was a gift that was accomplished by Jesus, uh, and that it is not based upon human effort. It's not based upon our adher ad adherence to the law. It's not based upon any kind of human performance at all. It's based upon the performance of Jesus. It's based upon what he did, and it is a finished work. It is something that is a gift that is received simply through the process of believing it. And believing it just means that we just are thankful for it. We just acknowledge it. We're just aware of it. And as we shift our focus away from trying to do things to get close to God and do things to be with God and please God into just simply enjoying God and recognizing that God is the most um intimate relationship in our lives because he lives within us and we live within him. And so this is a, a truth, you guys, that I major on weekend, weekend, week in and week out because we are inundated. We are inundated with this programming and with this false reality that we we have to do something to be something rather than recognizing we already are something and it is now a, it, it's a truth that is true 24 7 and that when it when the scripture talks about abiding in the vine it's simply just saying well rest rest in the reality of your union with jesus set your your focus set your mind on the truth that you right now are complete in him that you are holy that you are blameless that you are righteous that you lack nothing not because of anything that you've done to deserve it or you know qualify for it but because of what jesus has done to you Living from the place of being a new creation means that we are operating from a correct perception of ourselves, that we are operating from a correct perception of the gospel, and that this is finished. It is something that is finished. And it drastically shifts not only the way that we see ourselves, but the way that we relate to ourselves, because it heals the problem of sin consciousness. You know, when you are uh, living from a an identity that is separated from God and there's a performance that you're doing as a Christian to get close to God, to experience God, to receive from God, to bless God, right? When you're living under that, not only is it exhausting, it is absolutely exhausting, but it is it is it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, you guys resting in Jesus, abiding in the vine is a, a beautiful picture of the way that the life in the kingdom is produced through us, right? The, the works of Jesus are happening through us. The Father is working through us. We aren't working independently from God, but we are working in union with God. And in the same way that Jesus could say, the Father and I are one, um, if you don't believe me for the words that I speak, believe me for the works that I do. I mean, the entire way that Jesus operated in his earthly ministry was from the place of abiding in, in the Father. It was a place where he just almost was like this invisible, uh, you know, person where he said, if you see me, you've seen the father. He was living in this place where 
His oneness with God was the primary definition of his self-image. It was the primary way that he showed up every single day. It was a way of being for Jesus. And he operated from this way in, in, to such a degree that he said, you know what? The words that I speak are not my own. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And this way of life, I'll tell you, it has it is it eludes us in, in so many just different ways. I mean, in, in my own life, I mean, even when I got a hold of the idea that I had been co-crucified and co-buried and co-resurrected and co-ascended with Jesus, and I started to meditate on the scriptures that, you know, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'll tell you, I, I understood, you know, from a just analytical standpoint or just from uh, you know being able to grasp the concept that Jesus was living inside of me but I still didn't understand how to abide and how to stay in that place so that I was not performing and not striving and not living independent and I went on a quest I went on a quest to to understand Okay, Jesus, how do I live in union with the Father the way that you lived in union with the Father on a consistent basis? How do I operate out of union more frequently than I operate from the illusion of separation? How do we renew my mind to such a degree that this becomes my default way of thinking about myself, that I don't just fall back into these old patterns and the old patterns of the world where I begin to relate to myself, not as a new creation, but as you know, my earthly identity. I begin to see myself as a mere human being and you know, powerless and under circumstances? How do I come to that place where I can operate as a son, where I can operate like Jesus operated? And I'll tell you, it's amazing to me how much, how foreign even this, this type of language that I'm talking about right now is in many evangelical Christian circles, how foreign this is to like the average ch Sunday going church attendee. You know, this is not the, uh, the main message I feel like that we hear week in and week out in um, our Christian circles that we, we hang out in. Uh, and so it wasn't like I, I, I didn't really know where to go. I didn't know where to go to listen and to learn, like, how do I abide in Christ? How do I stay in this place of being spiritually minded so that I can live from a place of life and peace? How do I renew my mind and how do I step into this reality of, of Christ in me, the hope of glory, so that Christ in me can be revealed through me and that I can live a transfigured life? And, you know, I you know people are, are making comments here that it is a rare thing to be able to just hear the gospel, you guys. And I'm not saying that to be critical. I'm saying it because it, it, it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult for us to really stay in that place of abiding in Christ and stay in that place of union with God. And we have, you know, so many different, you know, pet doctrines and theological things that have been put into our minds about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to serve God and what it means to believe God for miracles and and receive things from God that I'll tell you, it makes it very, very hard, like receiving from God is hard, you know, versus just resting in God and understanding practically what does this look like? 
And I'll tell you, the way that I learned it, the way that I actually learned to do this was through praying for people and learning to show up for other people, not as myself, but as Jesus initially suit. And I say that is kind of like just the way that God showed it to me. He showed it to me that it was like Jesus putting on Shalice, you know, that Christ was inside of me. Yes, it's in a hidden way. Yes, it's in an invisible way. But it is really Jesus that's showing up in my life every single day. And if I just am aware of that and I just yield to that and I just focus on that, that that is really the secret. And so as I began to, to minister to other people, especially people in needs of, in need of a miracle, especially in people that needed prayer for some kind of breakthrough, you know, I began to be taught by the Holy Spirit that, you know, it's not me. It's not me that is doing the work when I am praying with someone. It's not me that is doing the work when I am giving someone um, a, what I feel the Lord is speaking to them, right? It is truly through that connection that is already inside of me that, that the Holy Spirit is illuminating my thinking, that he's actually thinking through my mental faculties, that he's speaking through my voice. And really, the, the, the trick, I, I, if there is a trick, was really just to learn how to become invisible, just to get my focus off of me. You know, I think one of the, the best teachers that I ever had in this process, and I don't, I don't mean like a human teacher, but the best teachers that I had in this was really praying for sick people, praying for people that needed a physical miracle, praying for people that needed Jesus to heal them in the same way that he healed people in the gospels. Because, you know, it's obvious that we can't heal people. It's, you know, I don't know how to heal people. You know, if you know how to heal people, let me know. But I don't, I've never met a human being that knows how to supernaturally heal another person. And so it just by the very nature of the prayer, just by the very nature of the ministry and what you are trying to receive from God in those scenarios, you already know you can't do it. So it, it by default puts you into a place of dependency upon God. Okay. Now, there's a lot of things I could say about that. I mean, most of us grew up around a theology that believed that God could heal, but you never knew whether he was going to do it, right? So again, you're going to be praying down here on earth. You're going to be talking to God in heaven, and you're just hoping and you're praying that he's just going to do something and he's going to come down and heal that person that you're praying for. And so if you're operating under that, you're still, you're still, this is not where we're, what I'm talking about, right? You've got to come back and begin at the place where you're, the, the, the primary assumption, the primary revelation, is that you are one with Jesus. Okay, so if I approach this particular ministry with that place that I'm one with Jesus and that it's not me that's going to be doing the healing, that it's Christ in me, it's Jesus, that Jesus is actually alive in me right now and that he's going to be doing the ministry here, that, that at least gives me the right place to start. Okay, and again, as I, I just prayed for people, I just went, I started going for miracles in people's lives. I started praying for everybody that I could find. Uh, God sent me to a, a nursing home. I did ministry in a nursing home for several years and everybody there needed healing. So I was just practicing as much as I could get my hands on people. I was practicing because I was an altar minister at our church. And so every Sunday after church, people would come up to me for prayer and they had all kinds of things going on in their life. And so again, I didn't have anything to offer. I, I, I was, and I needed to learn how to, like, how do I actually operate as someone who's living in union with Jesus? 
And I'll tell you the, the, the big thing that I learned that, that I just needed to focus on Jesus. I needed to quit thinking about, oh, I hope I say the right words. Oh, I hope that I can pray this in a way that gets God to move. And honestly, just focus on Jesus. Just acknowledge his presence in that moment. Just thank him that he was here. Thank him that he lived inside of me. Recognize that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And I just be, you know, began to connect with that reality. And you know, as I began to connect with that reality, all of a sudden, you know, you're hearing God. Why? Because you're living inside of God. Of course you have access to God's thoughts and he's living inside of you. So now I'm beginning to, to yield my, my mental faculties to God. I'm, I'm letting him use my imagination. I'm, I'm getting thoughts from him. I'm communing with him internally inside of the temple, which is me. And from that place of communion and from that place of relationship and from that place of experiencing God, within myself, all of a sudden now I'm getting information. I'm operating in the gifts of the spirit. I'm beginning to download information that's not coming from me. I am now beginning to understand how to pray as I open up my mouth because it, now I'm becoming a vessel. I'm becoming a branch. And now I am speaking words that are not coming from my own human intellect, but they are coming from the spirit of the living God. And it was really through practice that I started to begin to recognize, oh my gosh, that my hands are the hands of Jesus. I began to, to be able to imagine that, like, oh my gosh, Jesus is actually inside of me. His hands are pierced. I know I can't, I don't have physical piercings in my hands, but these are not human hands. These are the hands of Jesus Christ. And as I lay hands on people, I can, I can imagine Jesus putting his hands on those people. And I can imagine the resurrection power of Jesus flowing through his body, which is me, by the way, and, and infusing this person with the power of God. And I can see the miracles of Jesus being done through my hands because they're not my hands, they're Jesus's hands. And I just really began to meditate and focus on Jesus, 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 right? And who Jesus is. Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He became sin. There's nothing too hard for him. He can do anything. All things are possible with him. And as you just begin to, I began to magnify Jesus internally and just get myself off my mind. Just release all self-consciousness and become, become in that place where I am just like obsessed with the victory of Jesus, obsessed with the resurrected King. And from that place, it's like Shalice would leave the building. It's like I wasn't there anymore. It was truly Jesus that was there speaking words of life to people and ministering to people in power. And I will tell you, that's the challenge. It's the challenge to, to exit the, the facility. It's challenge to, to just get out of the way and shift our, our focus to the truth and just realize that we don't have anything for anybody and learn how to live in that place of total dependency. And I will tell you, ministering to others has been the most powerful way that I have ever learned to abide in the vine because it forces that dependency. People don't need Shalice's wisdom. People don't need, you know, some kind of, I don't know, advice from me. They need the power of God to show up. They need uh, Jesus to be the one that is speaking through me. 
And it just was really through the process of practicing. I remember when I was, I was on this journey to be like, okay, God, how do I practically live in union with you? How do I practically live from the place of being spiritually minded? How do I do this? I don't know how to do it. I was kind of complaining. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to let the father in me do the work. I don't know how to, you know, just, just live like that all the time. And the father just corrected me and he said, yes, Shalice, you do it all the time. And he said, you do it when you pray, you do it when you, when you, when you minister to other people. And it was such an aha moment for me because I did realize that in those moments, because I knew I didn't have anything for that person, that there was, they weren't, they didn't need me. They needed Jesus that I had learned through that process to just get out of the way. But the challenge then became, okay, how do I live like this as a lifestyle? Because I'm not praying for people 24-7. I'm not ministering 24-7. I do minister a lot, but it's not 24-7. How do I stay in that place when I'm parenting my kids? How do I stay in that place when I'm at the grocery store and I'm at Starbucks or I'm wherever I am? I'm, I'm just paying bills. Like, how do I stay spiritually minded? How do I... How do I keep my mind in that place of my union with Jesus? And I will tell you, it's really been a practice of mind renewal and reminding myself over and over and over again. And, you know, for our Emerge students, what we do is we actually encourage them to set a timer on their phone. And you know what? Just put a union with God timer on your phone and every 15 minutes or every hour, however it takes, just remind yourself to just to shift your awareness and come back into that place of abiding. When I shut my eyes, we actually teach our graduates to do something called a positive trigger. And what we mean by that is we just want you to have something from the Holy Spirit, an imagination from the Holy Spirit, that when you close your eyes, you can see that imagination and it instantaneously reconnects you to union. For me, it is a literally that vision of my hands or Jesus's hands. And so when I close my eyes, I just can visualize the nail prints of Jesus in my hands. Now, of course, they're not there, right? It's, it's, they're not there in the physical. But if I'm co-crucified with Jesus and Christ in me is the hope of glory, they are there. We just can't see it. It's an invisible reality. And so when I close my eyes, my little positive trigger is that I just see my hands like that. And when I visualize that, it's like all of a sudden that, I mean, you can see me. I'm even, if you're watching the live video of this, you know, you can see that I just start to, to, to rock a little bit back and forth. Why? Because I'm just becoming aware of the presence of God. I can sense the presence of God. And if you're sensitive to the, the Holy Ghost, and the matter of fact, you could close your eyes right now, you'll even feel that the presence of God is increasing now. The presence of God is, is coming into the, over the broadcast in a, in a, in a weightier way right now. Why? Just because Jesus is here, just because he is right now, the one talking, just because this is not Shalice, this is Christ in Shalice that is, that is speaking right now. And, you know, what's powerful about this is I have led, you know, at this point, thousands and thousands of people into experiencing their union with Jesus. And this, this the way that it's done is just this right we're just yielding our imagination to the holy spirit we are uh, being able to use our spiritual eyes to actually connect with the truth that we are one with god and when we do that i will tell you it absolutely does shift us into the place of peace it shifts us into the place where we are abiding in the vine we're in christ right this very minute 
And it's so powerful, you guys, that when I am in a group of people and I lead like a corporate kind of encounter with this and I lead people experientially into experiencing oneness with God in a, in a corporate setting, in a group setting, I'm telling you, the power that starts to, 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 to be felt in that room is unbelievable. Why? Because believers are being the body of Christ corporately in that moment. We are in one accord and we are imagining the truth. We are meditating on that truth. We are being spiritually minded and we have life and we have peace. Isn't that interesting that life comes from this place, that we can meditate and stay in this place of union with Jesus and that it is life. It is quickens our mortal bodies, that this is the truth that we've been raised to new life, that sickness has no dominion over our bodies, that we can we can sit in this space of oneness with God and all that Jesus is, is now, now available for, for manifesting right here in this place. What can we not receive when we are sitting in that place of union? And this is not just some kind of ma imaginary, exercise that you're doing. I know it feels like, oh, I'm just making this up or I'm making this, you know, making believe that this is true. And, and, and what I want to say, beloved, is that that is the way of the spirit, that these imaginations, that these meditations of our heart are very much real. And I could tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of how things have happened is I've just stepped into that place of union with God. If you listen to last week's episode, and I talked about some science experiments that they did with some two study groups that were working out. And I talked about how one half of the study group was going to go actually work out at the gym for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was. And the other study group was simply going to imagine that they were going to the gym and working out. And what was incredible about that study is that both groups, whether they went to the gym or not, ended up creating the exact same muscle mass, meaning people that just imagined they were working out had an increase in their muscle mass as though they actually worked out. And if that is true for working out, how much more is this true for visualizing and meditating on our union with Jesus? We want to manifest more of Jesus in our lives. Well, let's spend time in that secret place and allow the Holy Spirit to make the, the presence of Jesus real. Allow that to manifest in our lives. You know, I've shared on other um, podcast episodes how when I began to meditate on Christ in me, the hope of glory for a whole year, and I began to enter into that place of union with Jesus in my imagination, that all of a sudden I was having... Um, all kinds of things happen in my life. I mean, I was having people that were struggling with tormenting spirits come up to me at the, gra the gas station. I mean, I was attracting the, the people that needed freedom and deliverance just because the Jesus in me was just, was just in manifestation. It was like Jesus himself was in my car. Jesus was pumping gas because it is a true reality, even though it's invisible. You truly are Christ in your own skin. I mean, you're not God apart from Christ. I mean, don't don't try to you know take this somewhere that it's not. But you are the body of Jesus in the material realm. And if you, we want to operate in, in life and peace, and we want to be in that place where we are manifesting the kingdom and manifesting the life of Jesus everywhere we go, well, the secret, the secret here. You know, not the secret, the book that talks about the law of attraction, although the law of attraction is real. It's a spiritual principle. It's the way faith works. How about we go ahead and attract 
<laughs> what Jesus is. How about we just go ahead and meditate and attract the things that are Jesus. And when we meditate on this truth and we abide in this truth, the word of God says in John 15 that the we, are, we, we just produce fruit. The fruit of the tree of life starts to flow through us. The fruit of the kingdom starts to flow through us. Signs and wonders start to happen because it is no longer us that is living, but it is Christ in us. And the life that we begin to live is not, not lived by our faith, but it's lived by the faith of the Son of God that dwells within us. And so this is a very powerful truth about being spiritually minded. This is a, a very powerful truth about renewing our minds. Because when we spend time meditating and abiding and imagining our oneness with God, you guys, we truly are transfigured. We really do enter into this place of manifesting Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that is where life is at. Okay, life is found in knowing him. Life is found in, in experiencing him. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this is that when we're when we're in that place of abiding, when we're in that place of focusing on Jesus and focusing on our oneness, there's so many other things that come alive. You know, our life is found in this very moment, right? Life is here. It's right in this moment. It's here with me, you know, doing this podcast and doing this with you guys. Like I, this is where life is happening. It's happening in the now. And so much of our time is wasted, you know, thinking on things in the path, worrying about things in the future. And if we can just come back to this present moment and this present moment and live our lives throughout the day with this place of peace and this place of life in this source of God through our union with him, I'll tell you, it's amazing what can happen. This morning, I was reading a post from um, one of our graduates that was talking about that breakthrough comes through rest. And she actually quoted me. I'm trying to, to remember what the actual quote was. Let me see if I can find it here um, really quickly before we go. It was on um, our graduate group. And so let me just pull it up and see if I can find what she actually said, because it was very, very powerful. Um, and um, get, bear with me while I see, the, see if I can find this. Um, here's what she said. She quoted me and she said this. She says, you learn true rest when things are bigger than you. She said, this is a quote from Shalise that she wrote down in one of our Emerge coaching sessions early this year. And God encouraged her to remain at rest last week as she faced a family situation that was bigger than her. Said he encouraged me to reach out and ask her to pray with me and to remain in peace and in a place of rest. And she said, she said, she said she listened and was intentional about remaining in rest the following day and experienced an amazing breakthrough so quickly that she was completely surprised. And then she says, I'm so thankful for this journey that God's been taking me on, knowing how loved I am and how I only need to remain in him as he takes care of the heavy lifting. So thankful for this restful way of life. And then she says, I'm resting my way to breakthrough after breakthrough. And so what I wanted to, why I wanted to share that is that what I'm describing is a life of rest. It's a life where the fruit of the kingdom and the fruit of our, our oneness with God is seamlessly creator created. And when things are overwhelming, when things are bigger than you, rest is the key 
rest is the key to breakthrough. When you are faced with, you know, an impossible situation that needs breakthrough with another person, rest is the key. You know, Jesus rested in the storm. He rested in that place. He could sleep in the midst of a a life-threatening situation uh, because of his oneness with the Father. And so, beloved, I want to encourage you, you know, set your set your phone timer, um, do what you need to do to begin to practice this place of oneness with the Father as a practical reality, because this is practically what it means to be spiritually minded. And this is the truth that we are renewing our minds to. And as you do that, not only will you experience breakthroughs without sweat, breakthroughs without toil, but you will experience life and peace. And you will find that you're living life from a place of gratefulness. You're living from a place of presence where the presence of God is tangibly with you moment by moment. And I will tell you, you, you will automatically start being a blessing. You will automatically start ministering to people around you and go through life uh, hearing from God that, it, it, you know, that he's asking you to do things. He's asking you to talk to this person. He's actually to do something sweet for this person. And it is a glorious thing to let Jesus flow, to 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 be in that place where you are a vessel, where you are a branch and the life of God is flowing through you. So you guys, you know, whatever it takes, you know, uh, setting your phone on an alarms, uh, whatever it does, whatever you need to do so that you can remember this truth, go ahead and do it guys. Cause it's, it's going to revolutionize your life and cause you to just stay in a place of peace, knowing that, that as you rest, God is working. So have an amazing week, you guys. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.